Welcome back to another week of Redbeard Radio. I am Alana Dickman. I am your co-host and a partner at Redbeard Ventures, and we have Drew Austin, the founding partner of Redbeard Ventures. This week, we're super excited. We have our portfolio company, Alto IRA, and the founder, Eric Satz, and this podcast is actually sponsored by Alto. Their self-directed IRA platform lets you invest in a range of alternative assets across private equity, venture capital, real assets like farmland and fine wine, cryptocurrency, private startup angel deals, and more. Their APIs support hassle-free investments through industry-leading integrated partners, and their integration with Coinbase offers hundreds of cryptocurrencies. Alto also has their new platform, Alto Marketplace, which offers accredited investors access to exclusive leading funds typically reserved for institutional investors and the ultra wealthy. Explore your options with Alto and invest in what interests you. You could also visit their new marketplace at altoira.com forward slash marketplace to learn more. Now, before we dive in, everybody listening, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and also comment. And if you have any questions, we'll be monitoring throughout the week, and we are here to help and answer any questions you might have. Woo! Well, Drew, how's it going? I'm really excited to have Alto because this was actually Redbeard Ventures' second investment at the syndicate. And since then, we've invested all together three times. So super excited to discuss. And just want to start off, do you remember first investing in Alto and what caught your attention? Yeah, I mean, it was it was my first investment was super rare. And then the second investment was Alto out of the Angelus syndicate. Um, and I think it was also there was a few things that I found really exciting about why uh, and why I wanted to get um, into Alto. So first of all, I've always had a big thesis on alternative assets. Um, for those that know me, know I'm a collector. Uh, I'm an investor. I collect you know sports cards, memorabilia. Um, all different types of, you know, art. And these are all different types of things that um, often appeal to, you know, the alternative asset market. And um, when, I, when I actually saw, and then I read an article actually about Peter Thiel and how he was using IRAs uh, to invest in startups and helping him build this kind of like tax-free haven um, for his startup investing. And I really was, and I was brand new to angel investing using the Angelus platform. I saw that Alto had an integration with Angelus, and it, there was just a lot of things pointing me to whether it was my interests in in the alternative asset market, the integration capabilities, and the potential for growth I see there, and then um, the fact that I felt like I was kind of poorly educated on the purpose and the use of an IRA. Um, you know, I felt like IRAs were always this like tool that uh, that were kind of like your safe and stable money that you you put in your few grand and you know maybe your company matches it or whatever for me i never even had a corporate job so i've been in startups my whole life so iras were even a little bit more of a distant topic for me but uh the more i started to read about how some of the in some how savvy investors were utilizing it to invest in things like startups and crypto i got more and more interested and then alto obviously became uh, a great tool for that for me personally and then for me, you know, similar to a lot of my investments, I like to kind of eat the dog food and, you know, kind of be a user of a platform and product. That's how I get passionate about something in conviction. Super rare. I was buying art in 2018. I remember Dapper Labs was one of our first probably 10, 15 investments. And I was with the top 50 top shot collectors and run, you know, investing in horses. So Alto being one of being using the platform on AngelList and having my own Alto IRA account, it just made great sense for me. So that was really exciting. 
Yeah. And I'm with you because I feel like I did have a corporate job working in consulting and there it was like, yeah, you just put it in the S&P through Morgan Stanley or through some of the others. So this ability to actually go ahead and take your money and be able to invest your retirement in startups, I think is a super exciting industry. And I could see how you thought of it back in October of 2020, when you were first starting out, being able to be like, oh, wait, I have the savings. And I could actually put it in and invest it, which I think is super cool. Totally. And one of the, and you know, just to kind of talk through even, you know, some of the various like places I've kind of engaged with the alternative asset market, you know, one of our, you know, obviously one of my, um, you know, one of our first investments, like I said, was super rare in the art space. But I also, you know, I've also done a lot of investing in Rally Road. I think Rally Road has such uh, exciting, um, really interesting investments. Like I've invested in Muhammad Ali's signed sneakers and they've securitized it and fractionalized it and put it on their platform. Um, they, uh, I've invested in Mickey Mantle's, um, original home from when he was a kid with a group of fractional investors. Rally Road has done some really interesting things there. So uh, I always find those, the, the, the alternative asset market to be one that it res, it's, it's, it, it often resonates culturally with people. Um, and when people can be passionate and connect with their investments, I think that's a really, uh, it's a really powerful story. I think that's actually why I think that Darren Ravel, um, who's like a sports business analyst and has a very popular Twitter following, uh, I think that's why he resonates so well because he's constantly discussing um, the ho hobbies, collectibles, art, autographs, memorabilia, things of that nature, and then connecting it back to, to the business side of it and the investment opportunities. So um, when there's a story behind something and it, and it can, you know, can capture your intention and your passion and your interest, and that can go alongside a financial instrument, it's a powerful combination without a doubt. Yeah. I'm going to go back to Alto for a second and kind of that risk versus reward. Because when you think about a retirement, not touching it until you're older, I mean, personally, I'm like, oh no, like basically just sit on cash, be safe. I want to touch that when I'm older, when I just need some funds. But this is kind of a different way of thinking about it where it's like, hey, no, actually invest early, get that tax advantage. And in turn, you're able to invest in these alternative assets and able to invest in cryptocurrencies and startups. So how do you think about that? Like using your retirement to invest in a little bit more riskier assets. Well, I also look at it as like a lot of the things that I'm investing in when it comes to these, when it comes to alternative assets, like I look at them often as long-term positions. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about crypto, like I have a long-term thesis in crypto. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily putting, you know, Bitcoin, I've been buying and accumulating Bitcoin, for example, since 2013. And I don't trade Bitcoin really. You know, I either use it for a certain purpose if I have to, or I just accumulate. You know, it's, it, so for me, when I look at my, my, how I think about alternative assets and how I think about, you know, IRAs and things of that nature, I think about startups, illiquid investments that I'm with a long-term thesis, you know, crypto, you know, for me, it's not even, it's not that important to be liquid because I, I have a long-term thesis on, on its role in society and the value that it'll accrue over time. And then when it comes to things like, you know, art and collectibles and wine and, and other types of asset and real estate, you know, these are asset classes that like, I, I'm not really, uh, from my own personal self, I'm not really looking at them as tradable, as trading assets. I'm looking at them as assets that can accumulate wealth and accumulate, um, you know, kind of grow in a position. So if I could figure out ways uh, to be able to be tax advantaged while making investments like that. For me, uh, I see that as a win-win because I'm going to be active in these markets regardless. And you know, listen. And the the reality is, there's a lot of there's been a lot of activity and a lot of content and a lot of interest 
um, around alternative assets, whether even like fashion, um, you know, high-end watches, high-end bags. These are things you're finding now in on alternative asset marketplaces um, that I think that I think are you know the kind of things that are going to bring more investors uh, into the market because again, this is something that connects with them. Yeah. So you know, it's like I don't know if you're I don't know if you were as a kid if you're if you ever bought stocks with your parents like I would want to buy WWE stock. I was all excited when I was younger that I wanted to own a share or two of WWE stock because I was such a fan of WWE. I remember it being like one of the earliest stocks that I ever bought with my dad because I, I just felt that connection to it. And I think that's what the alt asset market often is often providing for people. Yeah. Okay. So I actually did the same after my bat mitzvah. I got, I had all this money. I go to my dad. Everybody wants like an iPhone, wants a MacBook. And I'm like, dad, here's like $200. Buy me a share of Apple. And he's like, oh, this will buy like one share at the time. Meanwhile, they've done so many stock splits. It would have been worth so much money. But like five years later, he ended up buying so much of it. And I'm like, you should have listened to me because I think it is something <laughs> to be said about investing your money. But I also don't think enough people know because a lot of people are investing, but they're not even thinking about their IRA as the ability to use this money that they're making and that they have savings in to put it in these alternative assets. And that's why I'm super jealous because you actually invest in Alto before I was a part of Redbeard. But I think there's so much potential to be able to use your retirement funds because startups, seven to 10 year minimum time horizon, hopefully a little bit shorter for crypto. But then you're also, I agree, like I'm just holding on to my Bitcoin, holding on to my Ethereum. And I think if you are able to invest in these cryptocurrencies and have the tax advantage, like you're saving 30% of what you would have been paying in taxes to then be able to mm -hmm. invest those funds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that it also lends itself to the kind of digital, I think that alternative assets as an asset class in general, they lend itself to a to a digital world where everyone can be a content creator, everyone can be a content distributor. People have many have niche audiences. You know, in the past, you're you know when you wanted to be an investor, you know, my grandfather pretty much sat there and watched CNBC all day long, and that's and then he read the newspaper in the morning, and that's how he got his information about um, you know investment opportunities, and that was pretty much it. Like that's he was like. Barron's, the you know Barron's, and the, uh, maybe the the New York Times, the the Wall Street Journal, and CNBC, and that was the collection of of information that had to inform him on his investment opportunities, and then any kind of like broker relationship or something. But nowadays, like you have, you know, alternative assets become this are, are this phenomenal um, storytelling tool, which you know, in a world where content has become king and everyone's trying to capture the attention and the eyeballs of different audiences. It, it becomes really, really interesting to be able to, um, you know, grow an audience and grow a following and resonate with people by talking about, you know, a sneakerhead can actually start to look at a sneak sneakers as an investment opportunity, and that becomes really interesting. I've seen, you know, I've seen in, there are index funds that are that come out that are now that are that are creating indexes around. Um, all different types of groups and buckets of assets that resonate um, with people culturally. So I think in a, in a world where, where we're moving more and more towards everyone is a distributor, everyone is a content creator, and storytelling is so important in how you, in how you attract attention, I, I, I think that the, the, we're still in the early days of seeing the alternative asset market really develop and grow. And that's also why I think that I'm assuming, and we'll talk to Eric about this, why they're working right now on 
bringing attention to um, bring attention to the alt marketplace mm -hmm. because there needs to be more discoverability and more visibility in these investment opportunities. And it's a very fragmented market in, in itself, you know, whether it's funds, real estate portfolios, st you know, stocks, crypto, startups, you know, uh, uh, wine, you know, you know, wine collections, sneaker collections, car collections, art collections. You know, these are all different types of opportunities that um, need discoverability, need awareness. Uh, so that's why I imagine that's why that these are this is some of the new direction that Eric's going into with Alto IRA. But you know, this is something we'll be able to ask him shortly. Yeah, well, I think it's a perfect time to actually bring up Eric and really discuss with him a little bit about Alto. So, Eric, what's going on? Hey guys, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Really well. I'm doing really well as well. You know, that's the first time I've heard the bat mitzvah stock. Uh, discussed on a podcast. In fact, 40 years ago, I got one share of IBM. My dad was the custodian on that share. I'm still trying to figure out how to sell it. I think I'm going to have that. I'm going to have that share when I die. Yeah. I'm still holding on. To mine. I also got a share of Kodak, by the way, that didn't help me out so much. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So with that said, tell us, a little, tell us a little about your founding story. Like what brought you to this? What brought you to this business and this opportunity and what attracted you to it? So, so it was almost exactly 10 years ago in 2013. And um, I was running a venture capital fund and I was investing alongside the funds in our portfolio companies. And one day I had uh, my IRA statement show up. Uh, in, in the mail, which was unusual for me because I open mail like once a quarter. And for whatever reason, like I saw this envelope, I, I was like, well, I kind of wonder what's in there because uh, I didn't know, didn't pay attention to it. And, and, and that was the beginning because I looked at the statement and I was getting ready to make a portfolio company investment. And I had this light bulb moment of this is the money I should be using. This is long-term money. Can't touch it till I retire. At least I shouldn't. Otherwise, you pay penalties and fines. Um, and I'm making this long-term investment from a duration matching standpoint, from a tax advantage standpoint, from uh, potentially if, it, if you have money sitting in a Roth IRA, it's tax-free. This is the money you should use to make these long-term high, high return potential investments. Uh, the only problem was I didn't know if that was legal, right? This is 2013. I'm like, wow, that's a really smart idea. I just don't know if you're allowed to do it. So I went to Google uh, and I typed in there, invest IRA in private company. And Google said it was it was legal. So, you know, I'm like, well, great. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, and, and so long story short here, and I know it's already been a long story, but um, the long story short is that it took me about 10 weeks to make what is a self-directed IRA investment. It was like the most painful process I had ever been through. You know, if you invest in a private company out of a checking account or you use your savings, you move to checking, like it takes 10 minutes. You read the docs, you sign, you send them a check, you wire the check, whatever. No questions. It's easy. Using my IRA, it took 10 weeks. And, and, you know, I, because I have this personality disorder, I was like, well, that sucked. Let me do it a couple more times. I probably picked the wrong custodian. And so I used two other custodians. I made two more investments. I had the same experience. 
And then I, I asked myself the question of whether or not this was an Eric problem or whether there were other people like me who, who had the same problem. And, uh, you know, I found 20 some odd trillion dollars with a T sitting in retirement accounts, less than 2% invested in alternative assets. I kind of figured it just made it over the hump of big market opportunities such that <laughs> if we could, uh, just, just a little bit, if we could unlock that, well, then that could that that could be interesting. And and so we kind of set out to do for uh, alternative IRA investing, what TurboTax had done for self filers, right? Take this otherwise time consuming, expensive, complicated, just shitty fucking process, sorry, no. um, and, and make it simple and uh, accessible and easy enough for anyone to do. And, and, and so that's how I got into this whole thing. <laughs> so, so why was this such a like a foreign idea when you like what you say here sounds obvious to me almost? Um, it's the and, and like I think there's two interesting components here that I'm curious about. One, why is this a problem that really wasn't being addressed? And two, why are we educated almost the exact opposite about IRAs than what you just described? Great, great questions and. Um... Yeah, I was thinking about that and listening to your to your lead and in the introduction, because the conventional wisdom has always been you don't take any risk with your retirement savings. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and it's exactly the it, it ought to be exactly the opposite and ought to be the opposite, because think about when and where you need liquidity. Well, you need it on a day to day basis. Totally. Do you really want to pull money out of uh, your retirement accounts? Because. Uh, you got to fix a, you have a $400 repair on your car or a $2,000 repair for your, for your roof. No, you don't want to do that because you're paying penalties and fines when you take money out of retirement. It should be long-term invested and it's where you should take some risk because, um, it, you know, it's often said in reverse, but when you're invested in the public markets, you're taking a liquidity discount. Mm -hmm. You get an illiquidity premium when you invest in alternative assets, right? Yes. And, and that's because you're tying your money up and you're saying, hey, I'm making a long-term commitment. I want long-term returns. And so, and, and so that makes sense to me. And so- So the incentive, you know, the incentives align there, actually. The incentives are totally aligned. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I've been accused of not being a real conventional individual in the past. And sort of when I looked at this, I was like, that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Like the, this is exactly the money I, I, I should use. Um, and then the other part is, uh, you know, ERISA was, ERISA was created in the early 1970s. I think 73, 74. So 40 years later, 2013, if, if, if my math is correct, uh, technology had not come to the space. And basically, if you use the self-directed IRA to make an investment, you were investing in real estate. And that was pretty much it. And you were investing in real estate because PE funds, venture capital funds, anybody else didn't want to deal with the, the requirements that um, trust company custodians would impose. And I mean that, impose uh, on the, the funds or companies that were trying to accept this money. And I say that because the regulatory requirements are pretty clear, mm -hmm. and yet trust companies were kind of making the rules up as they went. The goalposts were constantly moving. 
And so when we went to create Alto, the whole idea was to say, what's required? Let's build a technology workflow around that and cut everything else out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so if you could take technology uh, that was scalable and a workflow that people could follow, well, then you could open up this asset class to tens of millions of people instead of tens of thousands of people. And of course, there's a you know there's another component to this. You all know this, which is, uh, are you an accredited investor? Are you a qualified client? Are you a qualified participant? Yep. These are all different different levels and layers of individuals who are allowed to invest in different types of uh, private opportunities. And and what was happening at the time in the in the early noughts, 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the Jobs Act was, was uh, Title Three, the Jobs Act, uh, and Reg CF. And for those who don't know, Reg CF is what allowed the average individual to use their uh, to participate in investing in private companies. And the thought I had at the time was, you know what? I'm not smart enough to figure out how to build the winning Republic or WeFunder or start engine or any of that. I'm like, I don't know how to win at that. Instead, what I want to figure out how to do is unlock that capital that's sitting in everyone's account that they didn't know they could use to do this. So no matter what platform won across any asset category, I love that. I just wanted to be the payment rails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And essentially that was the, you know, that that was the thesis. That's what we've been doing. Seems to be working okay so far. Uh, so we'll keep doing it. So everything you're saying makes sense. It's like, once you say it, I'm like, that's so true. Like, you don't need it when you're almost 70 years old to then be in these safe assets. Like, you need the cash now. And so ha- what's been your biggest hurdle right now? Because I feel like you're actually educating people the opposite of what you're usually taught. So, Alani, I like... I don't know why I'm even here. I can just let you talk about it. But um, so education has been and remains, I think, both the largest challenge and the largest opportunity. So when we launched Alto, we specifically launched to target those who already knew how to do self-directed IRA investing. Right. But what we were saying was, hey, here's a better, cheaper, faster mousetrap. And all the headache goes away. And and so that was, you know, the initial years. Now what we're doing, and and by the way, we have the help of the financial advisor community now. So it used to be that that the 60-40 portfolio was the be-all, end-all of portfolio investing and diversification. And for 60-40 was 60% public equities, 40%, you know, public debt, credit, et cetera. Well, now 60 could be 60% public and private equities, and the 40 could be public and private debt and credit, as well as a whole spectrum of other uh, asset classes. Ideally, like if we were to, do, to build portfolio construction from the ground up, ideally, we'd probably have 5% of our assets in 20 different asset classes. Really hard to do. So what if we reversed it and what if we put 20% of our assets in five different asset classes? And that's what we're trying to enable. That's what we're trying to help 
facilitate. And the, the key here, I think, is enabling people to participate at an economic scale that works for them. So what do I mean by that? Historically, to invest in Blackstone, you had to be able to write a $5 million check and you had to be a qualified participant. They've now gone, quote unquote, retail. And, and, and I do use the bunny quotes on that because the, the retail investor for Blackstone is $500,000. You still have to be a qualified participant, but now you only have to write a $500,000 check. Well, how many of us can write a $500,000 check? And by the way, if I'm going to build a diversified portfolio, I want to be able to do that 10 or 20 times. So that, that cuts a lot of people out. Our whole goal is to say, you know what? Ultimately, it's going to be 5,000 or 10,000. Right now, it's 25,000, which is a hell of a lot better than 500,000, but it ain't 5,000 yet. So we'll keep working towards the, the ultimate goal of alternatives for all. But for now, we'll, we'll take what we can get. So, okay. So let's talk about like, first, let's talk about what alternatives even mean. Because for me, I think I wouldn't have even... It wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even known that investing in startups through an IRA was possible if it wasn't for the AngelList integration, and which is why I love the integration strategy. It's the same thing with Coinbase. Like To be able to invest in cryptocurrency through an alternative IRA, which I want to talk about also more and see if that's something that's like a growing, if you're, if that's a growing trend, because especially with the crypto markets coming back right now, uh, I can imagine that being a very popular uh, product. But so generally, I wanted to get an understanding of like, what are the types of alternative assets that people can invest in through an IRA uh, without them? You know, from the very beginning, my wife was like, you have to come up with another word, some word other than alternative. She's like, that. it's like scary to people. Alternative is scary to people. But the problem is that people, most people know actually what we mean uh, by alternative, that non-correlated asset is a total mouthful. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll stick with so, stick with, so, we'll stick with like, so we'll stick with alternative asset, right? Which is non-publicly traded, non-registered security. And you mentioned a ton of them already: private equity, venture capital, private companies, real estate, uh, crypto, Bitcoin's up 1800 right now at 43,800 something Woo! eats up 30 points to almost 2300. So, yep. um, by the way, I listened to your whole intro. I'm also, uh, I know it's, I hate the hodler thing by the way, but whatever. <laughs> Diamond yeah, hands. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I just don't, I'm just going to say, I don't sell. I just, I can't, it's, just, so, it's a game of accumulation. If you believe in the thesis that we're moving towards a more digital global society, then we're going to need digital and global currencies and the, and crypto is going to be that avenue. A hundred percent. And that's the thing about alternative assets is you have to have a long-term thesis. Absolutely. Okay. And the other nice thing is, I don't know, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, right? The, the, if you're going to invest in public stocks, this is not new. You're supposed to buy low and sell high. But it turns out because of the human psyche, 99.5% of us are terrible investors and even worse traders. And so what do we do? We buy when it's already running and we sell on the way down. And it's like, 
But you know what? If you have a long-term thesis and a long-term view of the world, when you invest in alternative assets, you can't wake up, be scared and sell. It doesn't work that way. There's this built-in protection mechanism that protects you from yourself. And you know, the other Drew, the other thing that you were talking about a bunch, I would just bucket into what what we call real assets. So that's art and wine and sneakers and baseball cards and um, watches and and collectible cars and you know a lot of the the and rally those, stuff. Those, right? Yeah, and those are so. Can you explain the connection there? Like, are people investing in those directly? Are they investing in funds? Are they? How do you get exposure to those types of assets? So the uh, two answers. One is in the context of qualified money, which is your retirement money, and the other is non, non-qual. So on, on the non-qual or your checking or savings, you can just go buy the asset directly and you can put it in your closet and you can hold and you can wait. And you know sometimes five, 10 years from now, you can pull it out of the closet and sell it. You can even try them on if you want to, right? But in, in the context of retirement money, you're not allowed to buy and hold in your house. You have to buy a securitized fraction or fractionalized interest in one of these things, right? And so that's why we partner with the vertical platform players to enable individuals to participate again at that economic scale that works for them hmm. in a way that is compliant, right? So. Um, the example I like to use is you can't go buy a Picasso with your retirement money and put it on your wall in your house, but you can go to Masterworks and you can uh, buy an interest in a Picasso and just know that you own that interest and wherever Masterworks puts that in their vault or whatever, great. Uh, and then you'll have an opportunity to sell on a secondary market at times or, or the whole thing gets sold. One additional one additional way to participate is with funds that invest in these real assets. Absolutely. Um, and you're going to see that, I think, either later this month or very early in January uh, at the Alta Marketplace, where we will have both an art fund and a, a wine fund. So that's, pretty excited about that. It's really exciting. So I, I, happen, I actually was the first person ever to, to securitize and fractionalize a crypto punk. I did it with um, Otis, which which ultimately then sold yep. to public. public. And we were, I, was yep. the, I did the first one of those. So could technically, since I securitized that and fractionalized that, could someone then go and buy a share of a crypto punk and put that into their IRA? Yes. Wow. That's just, I, I as long as they're buying an interest. What if yeah. they agree to sell it though, and it's in your IRA, then what happens with the cash? And can you use that for something else? And is there any no penalty at all? Yeah, no penalties. The cash distribution goes to your IRA account and then you reinvest in whatever you want to invest in. Which is the, 100%. which is the famous story of Peter Thiel, which I'm sure like when you guys, when you mentioned out to IRA, I have to imagine the next word is Peter Thiel. Is that, is that, do they go hand in hand these days? So, it was the, so Peter Thiel was the second page of my original pitch deck. <laughs> yeah. And and so so the second can you, the explain, second can you explain it for those that don't know the Peter Thiel connection to Yeah, so 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 Peter Thiel took a $500,000 Roth IRA account that he had. He invested in Facebook. 
Um, and he was very early at Facebook and he turned that 500,000 into a billion. Uh, and because it was in his Roth, it's all tax free when, when he hits retirement age. And, um, so the, the page in the deck I would use was showing in page two was Peter Thiel took $500,000 Roth IRA invested in Facebook turned into a billion. Page three was you don't have to be Peter Thiel. You don't have to have $500,000 because even if you invest just $5,000 in your Roth IRA, you know, just cut off a couple of zeros. You still got a shit ton of money at the end of a Facebook investment. Right. And so, um, yeah, every, every, everybody understood those two pages So we, we, we actually had given, you know, open AI, uh, and Sam Altman in the in the news as much as they had. Sam at one point tweeted something about this is when it was still I guess, I guess it's still tweeting, but it's when it was Twitter. You know, this is like ten, 10 years ago almost. Something about how it, how it's stupid that he can't use his four hundred one k to invest in private companies. And so that was like slide four. Yeah. But um, anyway, topical. Yeah. No, I, I, that's the story that blew my mind when I read that. I think I was reading now, it's now a $5 billion uh, portfolio that he'll be able to unlock tax-free in 2027 when he turns 60, yep. which is just mind-blowing to me, mind-blowing. Can you talk so a little bit about the tax advantages? Because there's obviously two types of IRA accounts. One, you pay taxes before, and then this one, you're saying that you don't have to pay taxes even on the gain. So could you talk about that? Yeah, so um, it's the difference between a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA. With a Roth IRA, before you, you pay tax before you put the money in, mm -hmm. into the account, and then you invest it, all the gains are tax-free. And when you hit retirement age, this is what Peter Thiel did, when you hit retirement age, you can take it out mm -hmm. and you've already paid your taxes. And that's the bargain that we made with the, that the government made with the American people, which was, hey, pay the tax now. You don't have to pay tax later. The second option or bargain was don't pay taxes today, put it in your traditional account, invest. Again, the gains are tax free. But when you start to withdraw that money at the, you know, when you hit retirement age, then those distributions get taxed at your current tax rate. Okay. So in the, in the one case you pay taxes up front, not knowing what your returns are going to be, but that's the bargain we've made in the second, we don't pay taxes, not knowing what the returns are going to be. And then we pay taxes when we take the money out at the end. And the way, uh, the real, so there, there's huge benefits to the Roth IRA, right? And, and that one's pretty straightforward. Everyone gets it. In terms of how you think about the traditional IRA, I would suggest that there are two different things that you want to think about. One is, what's my tax rate going to be when I retire as compared to what it is today? And, and by the way, the, this, this is why every young person if they can, depending on what their income level is exactly, ought to be paying the tax today because you're in a lower tax rate and putting their money into a Roth IRA and investing. 
So first, first question with a traditional is what's my rate today versus what I think it's going to be when I retire. The second thing you want to think about is how good an investor am I and what are those compounding returns going to look like? So Einstein is typically uh, credited with the statement that uh, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And that's because if you never have to pay those taxes along the way, the the growth curve you know is 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 incredible right and you want to be able to take advantage of that and so whether you have the ability to to do the roth or whether um you're doing the traditional you get huge benefits from compounding rates of return over over whatever whether it's 10 years 20 years 30 years uh huge benefits from investing this way Yep. And obviously you guys, you have your own marketplace. You guys have integrations with AngelList. Could you talk a little bit as an individual, if I want to start investing my IRA, what can I do to go ahead and do this and who you guys are integrated with and the process? Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I used to be able to tell you all the people that, that were integrated with, but so let's just focus on AngelList because we started there and that was probably the luckiest thing that ever happened to us. Unbelievable. So, um, which is, by the way, you know, where, where majority of our audience is. We are, you know, we have four thousand accredited investors that are part of our syndicate that you know go through our newsletter, our podcast, and are investing in deals. And that's why we think it's so important that they really understand the opportunity because this is one click away for them, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're 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 basically in the POS, right? You know, you're quote unquote checking out. You're making your investment in your next Redbeard Ventures uh, fund. And you should be using your Alto IRA to do it. And, you know, whether it's Redbeard or, you know, somebody else's syndicate or a direct company that gets listed on, on AngelList, you can use Alto. And, you know, I think it's a matter of like two button clicks and an electronic signature. Unbelievable. Like it's pretty damn fast. It's amazing. Um, you mentioned so, it was so, luck, but how did you actually get into AngelList being a startup? Yeah. Um, so I have a saying that it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, and, you know, it's it's also to be lucky. It's also nice to be lucky and good. Mm -hmm. And I had I, I still I still remember. By the way, we did a Zoom. This is before pandemic. We, we 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 were on Zoom and God, for some reason, I'm, I'm spacing on on Michael's last name. Uh, but he ran he ran corporate strategy and business development for, uh, for, for Angelus. See, I'm having a senior moment, whatever. <laughs> so, so, and, and we, we got on a zoom and I walked him through, uh, the workflow and I kid you not. He's like, yeah, this is different. We'll do it. Wow. Like that was it. And, and so then we started the integration. And as soon as we went live with Angelus, that was like instant credibility. And so, you know, Kendrick, who started Republic, came from AngelList. So I think Republic was next and or maybe WeFunder was next. I can't remember. But all of a sudden, all the calls were incoming instead of outgoing. Uh, and, and you know, you, you all know this. People like to talk. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, hey, I use my IRA to make an investment in Redbeard. You should do it. Here's why. Yeah. And, you know, so Silicon Valley, Silicon Alley, 
uh, Texas, the word kind of got out. Mm-hmm. And so it was largely word of mouth growth until we integrated with Coinbase. I was just about to yeah. bring that up. Can we talk about Coinbase and crypto and what that all looks like? And I have to imagine that must be complicated, but also very attractive. I mean, tell me about that experience. So that, so, on so that one was harder than Angelus, by the way. That, took, that literally took me years to bring to fruition. Wow. Wow. And there, there was, um, actually, I still remember this day. I got an email from Fred Wilson on, uh, I, I was sitting on my porch on a, on a Saturday and he said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm, I'm my next post, my Sunday post, the post tomorrow is going to be about using your IRA to invest in crypto. And, um, I had been, I had already been in conversations with Coinbase trying to make this happen. And I was sort of getting the Heisman. And um, he knew I he knew I was trying 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 to do this, and so you know I don't know whether this was his soft push or or whatever it was. So he puts it out there the next day, and I immediately you know reply in the in in the comments. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It was probably like six or nine months later where we finally got it done. Wow, and. You know, it was like it, it's it's been super exciting, and so that's when we first did uh, some direct to consumer investing marketing for the first time. Totally. And it's funny because the whole team, Alto's in Nashville, and the whole the the whole team's in Nashville this week for um, our annual holiday party, and we just had a a couple hour session about product market fit on the marketplace, and. You know, we've taken a bunch of quotes of people from here and there. There are a lot of injuries and quotes about product market fit and all this stuff. And I said to the team, I was like, look, we know what product market fit looks like. We've seen it twice before. We saw it with the the traditional IRA products when we launched it. And then we saw it with the crypto IRA product when we launched it. So it's not it's it's not like this thing's foreign to us. This is the marketplace is just new. Mm-hmm. We're introducing buyers and sellers in a way that hasn't, you know, really existed before. And so, but to, to come back to Coinbase, you know, I think we've got um, 16,000 crypto IRA customers. And the, and the crazy thing is, is that like, we've just gone through a bear market for the past, you know, let's say 18 months in crypto and the market's yeah. now really coming back. How do you, are, are um, like, how do you think about, attracting the next wave of web three users into this because there's you know there's a lot of people that are going to come from the etf market there's going to be a lot of new liquidity with applications and gaming and you you guys could be a major part of where where the the flow the flow of capital for crypto so how do you get in front and how do you engage that this this next audience so um that's that's a really great great question by the way are you? Uh, I'm going to plug a friend here if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, are Are you familiar with XMTP? Yeah, of course. The chat infrastructure. Yeah. Yep. So, 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 um, Shane Shane is a really good friend of mine. Shane mm-hmm. Shane Mack, mm-hmm. um, who's co-founder and CEO, and and mm-hmm. um, Matt as well. And so, you know, I think the whole key to to Web three, and they would talk about this. 
um, way more elo eloquently than, than I ever will, is to make your understanding of your wallet address uh, and whether it's .eth or anything else, make it entirely irrelevant, right? It's, and, and so that the payment rails uh, work with just your phone number, for example. And so um, right now there's a beta of the uh, Converse app. Mm -hmm. If you join the beta, you can now sign up basically with a Converse account using mm -hmm. your phone number. Mm -hmm. And you can now send USDC without knowing anything about anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just think that's incredibly cool. And I, and I think XMTP is so well positioned. You know, when you use your Coinbase wallet or, or MetaMask or Converse wallet um, and you're messaging, that's all XMTP. Yep. And that sort of infrastructure usability, that's just super fucking cool if you ask me. Totally. Um, and, and where we fit in that ecosystem, I actually, I don't know yet, but I want to figure it out. <laughs> so here's a question. If we, so I've always talked to Alana, I, I have this, I have a, this goal in mind. I want to eventually launch an NFT art fund, like an NFT art based fund. Is that yeah. something that we could distribute that we can host on the marketplace? Is that a viable option? Because I have imagined that many, there's a many alternative asset investors that would love exposure to some of the higher end, high quality NFT digital assets and digital art, and really have no idea how to make sense of that. So I've always found it to be something that could be really interesting for the, the greater accredited investor community. You 100% can do that. That's in, in In the construct of a fund. Yes, yep, of course. In the, in the country of fund. There, 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 there are lots of other. So, I mean, we've been looking at NFTs for a long time now, trying to figure out, is this security? Is it not a security? But, and like, we don't want to deal with, we don't want to get in the hot seat. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, uh, but in the construct of a fund, you absolutely can do that. Okay. Well, we'll uh, I, I, Lana, oh, we're God. Take note of that. And this, this is a note yep. for me to. Yeah, we're going to take note of that. So, so in, I know how that works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so in terms of the, uh, the marketplace, let's talk about that a little bit. What is your vision? What is your goal? And how does it connect back to what you're, you've been known for and been doing? Because it's, it's, this is a little bit new in terms of like, you know, you guys have been very much infrastructure, then kind of came to the consumer play, even though that was a cons it was an infrastructure you know, solution, it was still, there was a need for consumer marketing because that was such an interesting opportunity. And I, I still think that's, a, there's a huge opportunity there. This is different. So like, where does this fit into the big, the, the big suite of your vision here? So two things, one unrelated to answering your question, which is if you're listening and you're a Coinbase customer, you should be opening an Alto Crypto IRA account because you're, you're trading via Coinbase, just via Alto via Coinbase. No doubt and, about it. And, you know, there's 60 million, I don't know, give and, or take. And really quickly, just to, po po just to follow up on that, because I'm actually trying to understand it even better myself. What is it like, how much can one put into an IRA like this? Like, is it, there's limitations. Oh, great question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so if you're making new contributions into your IRA, the, the limitation for uh, 2023, I believe is $6,500, but it's going to 7,000. Okay. And then if you're old like me, the limitation this year is seven thousand, going to I think seventy five hundred. So that's a, that's a new contribution limit. However, okay. you can transfer as much as you want from your four hundred one k or an existing IRA over to Alto. 
So if you have $100,000 in Fidelity and you want to invest in, you know, an alternative asset of any Stripe or, or, or Polkadot, you can move that much. You create an Alto IRA account or Alto Crypto IRA account, and mm -hmm. you just transfer the money from Fidelity to Alto. And are there any token limitations or is it any token that's sold on Coinbase? You can, you can also hold it. It's, it's whatever's on Coinbase. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Okay. Fantastic. And, yeah. and you can trade within that. So if you want to hold Bitcoin for a while and then swap it to ETH, is there any penalty there or? There, there is a penalty on uh, Alto in the following sense. Okay. You can't go Bitcoin to ETH. You got to go Bitcoin to USD to ETH. Why is God. that? Because of our capability, our oh, okay. limited capabilities. Mm -hmm. got yeah. it, got it. Understood. That makes total sense. Understood. Okay. So now going back to it, let's talk about the marketplace and its connection to your to your greater vision here. Yeah. And, and the marketplace is why I started Alto uh, to begin with, because when, when I thought about, you know, if we go back to that story of it took me 10 weeks to make my first investment, what I realized was that if you weren't writing a large check, you couldn't participate. It was just too damn expensive on an annual basis for, you know, for, let's just say for a small check. Mm -hmm. All right. And um, if this was going to work in a reg CF context, we needed technology that would scale. Now, the big difference between what has existed at Alto versus what we're doing at the marketplace was, um, Alto, as everyone knows it up until today, you discover an investment opportunity. You want to use your retirement savings because you're a smart investor. You come to Alto and we're the transaction engine and the custodian for your investment. But you've, or you already have access. You've already identified the opportunity. You went to Angelus or Republic or WeFunder or you're just connected like you drew and you get opportunities to invest with all these other people. What has changed is now, you know what? I don't live in the Bay area. I don't live in New York city. I don't live in Austin, Texas. I live in middle America, but I'm doing well. Maybe I'm a doctor. Maybe I'm a lawyer. Maybe I've run a family business for 30 years. And I don't want to put it like, especially the people who have run a family business for 30 years, they don't know any more about the stock market than they know about alternative assets, except I know how to get to the public markets. I don't know how to get good alternative asset opportunities. So the big difference is now you go to the Alta marketplace and you're going to have an opportunity to discover, find, do due diligence, research, investment opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't know how to access. And, and so we're trying to knock down those walls of access, discoverability, and then participation at a level that makes sense for you. Makes sense. So I, you know, I was speaking to the team um, last week. So are we expecting, like what types of opportunities should we be expecting? Like I'd love, I'd love to see syndicates from, you know, I'd love to have our Angelus syndicates put distributed there. I'd love to see funds. I'd love to see new types of, uh, of investment vehicles. Like what are we expecting to see there? Yeah. So it, it's going to be a range of things in part because, and this is where the conversation about product market fit, by the way, that I was talking about is, is relevant. 
because mm -hmm. we don't yet know exactly what the end user, the investor or the financial advisor is looking for either as uh, the end investor or for, for their clients. And so the first three funds, one is a $500 million farmland fund that takes conventional farm properties, uh, converts to organic, and over time takes advantage of that multiple expansion when you go from conventional land to organic land. The second, you probably know um, Kearney Jackson, so Rom and uh, Sunil, uh, you know, so, so they start like you started out as a angelist syndicate. Now they're on fund three. It's a $60 million, you know, early stage VC fund, Kearney Jackson. Rom was a, a, an awesome operator. Sunil's always been a VC. They're a great team. Um, they have incredible access like you. They help their portfolio companies incredibly well. So that's opportunity number two. Opportunity number three was Alumni Ventures AI Fund. You know, the largest the largest network of uh, uh, angel LPs. They have something like 9,000 angel LPs. But where we're going and what you're going to see is, so Redbeard has a pro rata in a portfolio company that's doing its next round. And maybe because you were so early and you took a big chunk, your pro rata for the round is $3 million. I'm making it up you're going to write a check for 500,000. What do you do with the other 2.5? Well, you put a syndicate or an SPV together for that pro rata. That should be on Alto's platform with you as the sponsor. Same, you know, same thing with if you're Alpha Edison, one of our investors, or AVP, one of our investors, or Unusual Ventures, one of our investors, right? So this idea of taking... Um, uh, the, the pro rata allocations that a lot of early stage investors get, where as you get to the later rounds, you know, you're not going to take the whole thing. Some of it will go to your LPs who have co-investment rights, but you may still have left over. And being able to, as an individual, invest with a sponsor who I know has done their diligence because not only are they in the earlier rounds, but they're stepping up for the later rounds. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's any better signal than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've got that. We've got an art fund coming. We've got. And, uh, and, and are there, if someone want like, OK, so let's say I like, let's say I only had, you know, 30, 40 K in my IRA and I've gone yeah. through if I've gone through it now, are, are you still able to invest um, in you're the assets on the marketplace. If you've already used all the capital in your IRA and you have to wait. Yeah. You, you, you have to put, you got to put capital in, in, in your. In what next year, you'd have to wait a year though, right? You would, you would have to wait in that scenario. Okay. Got it. So there is, you do have to kind of almost think about it a little bit from like a, a, a portfolio management, timing, allocations, et cetera, because you can't just keep throwing money at everything because you're going to run out of liquidity in the IRA and there's a le legitimate constraint to how much you can refuel it with. That That's it. That's right. And look, uh, whatever analogy you want to use or whatever this saying would be, right? You don't want to bet it all on red. You mm -hmm. don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Totally. You want to think about a portfolio diversification play, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so, by the way, that's what I like about funds. Now I have a theory. Um, for people who haven't done this before, they're going to be most attracted. This is a theory. We're going to see if I'm right or not. 
they're going to be most attracted to company opportunities. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's what I told you. They're going to be attracted That's to right. company opportunities because they're like, oh, I know what that company does. Yep. I use that thing. I think that's good for the world or whatever it is. The returns are going to be great. And they're going to invest in that company. Yeah. That's, exactly what I, that's exactly what I was talking to your team about. I want to get our syndicates on there because of that. Yeah. Don't And what I, what I will say to anyone who actually cares to listen is don't bet it all on that company. Mm-hmm. Totally. Diversity. Bet it on 10 companies. Yep. Okay. If that's the approach you're going to take. Absolutely. And I love that Title III and the Jobs Act and Reg CF happens. But if you think about it academically, what we really should be doing is investing with fund managers mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. and letting you build the portfolios for us. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be trying to build my own portfolio. I should actually be investing with funds. But there's this abstraction layer that's hard to get through as a first-time alternative asset investor, and mm-hmm. I think that's okay, by the way. And I, and I think those I think those walls or that abstraction layer be begins to become more transparent mm-hmm. as you participate with companies and SPVs and you see, oh, this VC is in this deal or that VC is in this deal. And I begin to get both name recognition mm-hmm. um, and pattern recognition. And then I can say, you know what? I like the way Redbeard invests and I like what their portfolio approach is. I'm just going to invest in Redbeard. And that's going to be my, you know, either digital asset portfolio or VC portfolio or whatever it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and then the, if there's an outlier on farmland, well, I can do that myself. And it's so true. I think we're seeing that from our syndicate perspective, where right now I've seen personally a lot of people want to be onboarded when we do have these secondary, more well-known companies at first that we're syndicating, because then they're seeing these. And as you mentioned, it is name recognition. They're like, wait, I'm using Canva. Like I can invest in Canva or whatever the case may be. And so I think that is like the first step into getting people in the process. But I know we're coming up on time, so I want to end it with if we were to look at also IRA in 10 years, what's kind of the North Star and what will the company be then? So the the, the, regula- the regulatory component, I, I think we all know, is a little bit out of our control. Um, but I think if we can prove out at the accredited investor level that alternative asset portfolios are a truly appropriate way to control portfolio risk. It's, it is both risk mitigation and uh, return acceleration that over time we win congressional support for allowing non-accredited investors to participate in these deals with the appropriate guardrails in place. And ultimately what happens is you go to the auto marketplace, you look for a deal, you push buy, and you're done. And, you know, it's it's just like going, it's just like using Robinhood to invest in, you know, Meta or whatever somebody invests in on the public markets. So, and, and it should be that easy. And the other thing I do want to point out, I mean, we're talking a lot about retirement money and that's a huge differentiator because we make it really easy to use that money. But in the Alto marketplace, it is both retirement money and non-retirement money. You get to use both. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Sorry. What does that last piece you, mean? Yeah, so, so, so you can come to the Alta marketplace 
and invest out of your checking account if you want. Oh, that's what I was asking before. I thought you said- Oh, 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 yeah, okay. No, I didn't understand. I thought, oh, sorry. I didn't understand I your question you before. Can, so you yes. can deploy more capital if you're yes, out of you capital can. in your IRA. Got it's it. just that's, not IRA money. That's what, yes, that's what yes, I Yes, you can deploy it. Good. That's what I was hoping for. Okay, that's really- Yeah, yeah. Nice, you're seeing, if you're seeing great opportunities on the marketplace side of things that you can't wait to deploy it into, but I got to wait till next year to refund my IRA. I didn't like the, the I, it was breaking down for me. There yeah, we go. Now got I got it. it. 100% okay. correct. No, that's fantastic. Okay. Then last thing I, I wanted to ask is if you put on a venture or angel hat right now and you're seeing all types of unique, interesting opportunities, what is the areas that you're, you, if you were to be investing in early stage venture or, you know, this, the general alt asset, uh, you know, kind of alt asset ecosystem, what excites you these days? What, what do you look at? Well, I was kind of talking about it when we were talking about XMTP and, and making web three accessible to the mass market in a way that you actually don't have to understand anything about crypto or blockchain. Absolutely. And like, I think what they're doing there is it just blows my mind. That's awesome. Um, and, and, uh, you know, so, so otherwise in the alternative ecosystem, uh, more specifically, uh, I think Alto is pretty cool. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, this was an absolute pleasure, Eric. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I, I love what you're doing. I love. I love the and I love the future potential here. I mean, we're really just scratching the surface with we are. In, in crypto and the discoverability of new types of investment opportunities with the marketplace. It still feels. Like, even though we, you know, this has been a, a long, this journey has been going on for quite some time, but like, it feels like we're really in the early days and there's so much opportunity in front of us. So it's, it's very exciting. Hey, thank you both for having me on. And, uh, you know, it, it was super fun. Awesome. Thanks so much. Eric. Thank you, Eric. And for everybody listening, Redbeard Radio is sponsored by Alto. And Alto makes it easy for individuals to invest in alternative assets with their retirement funds, your self-directed IRA. So access prior deals on Alto Marketplace, their new platform for accredited investors. Eric, thanks so much for joining. Everybody listening, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and we'll be here next week. So thanks again, everybody. This has been a Red Beard Ventures production.